Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Arcade Podcast. Back from summer break, this is your host, Deadbeat Hero. And uh, I hope you had a great summer. I hope you were productive, you got some relaxation in, uh, you hit some beach, you hit some sun rays. Um, if that's what you're into, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. So on today's episode, we have Philium Shakespeare. Um, Shakespeare is from Austria. He's living in Vienna and he's a musical artist. He does hip hop um, and he's a strong supporter in the arts in all forms. So he's worked a lot with many artists here in Vienna um, for various projects. And um, he's someone in Vienna that I feel like is really pushing the arts and um, is really putting out a really positive message which I feel is pretty important here at these in these times. You know, I think we could always do with some positivity. His work is great. I've always been a big fan of his uh, music. He has a new song out. You can listen to it on Bandcamp or follow him on Instagram. You could see links there to his new music video. Um, he's on YouTube. Check it out, uh, Shakes Beat. Yeah, so without further ado, let's just get straight into the interview, shall we? Uh, please help me welcome our guest today, Philium Shakes Beat. Yeah, it was really, really incredible. Where is this? Uh, it's like uh, between Crete and Naxos, like somewhere. It's the where all the influencers go. Oh, you know, okay. The pretty, pretty <laughs> white homes mm -hmm. on the uh, Caldera is what they call it. Like the, it's on an, an old volcano. Okay. And the Caldera is basically the edge of the volcano where you look down to the sea. Wow. Shit. And I would never in my life go there because it's overrun by people that I dislike. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Instagram influencers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I I know a lot of Greeks, and the festival where I played is mm -hmm. for the for the locals. Nice. So. But it was um, so it was outdoors, like by the beach, or it was directly by the beach. Oh, it was shit. directly, and I helped building the stage also. How many people played? Like, how many acts were there? Eight or something. Oh, wow, I cool. think it started at eleven. So it was just a one day like yeah, yeah, festival. Yeah. It was. It started at eleven at night and it ended at ten in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, people being <laughs> super, super drunk, super fucked up. Yeah. On everything <laughs> because it's only low. You know, it's not only the people who work there, yeah, not the yeah. people who yeah who, who are there for the for the service. And it was uh, an illegal thing also. So they. <laughs> They had like a 200, 250 meter cable from a hotel. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, some. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Did you, did you get some good photos of you playing with like uh, the There was, no, no, no. no. Oh. I should have, I think if I'm going to play next year, I'm taking a person who films all Yeah, this. that's a perfect place to do like a concert yeah. video. You could do your music video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super cool. Music video and also just how the people interacted with the, with music where they understand nothing. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. That's awesome. I mean, I did some fuck the police chants and these <laughs> kind of things and people are like... <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> everywhere. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, speaking of uh, music video, like the, the new video is really awesome. 
The new song is really awesome. The Havis im Hervis one. Yeah, yeah. How do you say it? Havis im Hervis. It's basically a. It's basically a. Our reference or our tipping our heads to N words in Paris. Okay. It's like, and because it also the chorus says, "This is Vienna, not Paris." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a really awesome song. It's very catchy. Yeah. It earworm. I remember. Listening to it and that show to Elizabeth and uh, and yeah we were just kind of like humming it the whole day so it's nice. like it's really it's really good. I'm glad to hear it. So um, th- who produced it for you or like Oli, Oli okay. did, yeah. So He's we, really good. I really like him as a as a person and also I don't know him so well but I know yeah, yeah. he has like one of those uh, auras about him that's like he's he seems like a really chill dude and a really cool guy and whenever I see him play like it's it's. He's doing good work, man. It's really cool. He's a very good DJ, but and also produces like the the work progress that we or process that we now do is really amazing. Where he's, uh, we have the idea of mm-hmm. how the song is supposed to sound like, uh, what direction we're going to go, and then he starts. We maybe record a guitar or something yeah. and sample it, and then we he loops it and he does his his thing. In the meantime, I just write and mm-hmm. I have usually an idea already what I'm going to write about anyway yeah and um, the last few times that I went home after recording I m- many times I went directly after work to record and mm-hmm. I was very low energy yeah, you know? of course, yeah. but then I went home and and just happy yeah. about the process that's for me now that's the most important thing actually mm-hmm. making something that I like yeah that I feel comfortable with and with the person that I really like and all is fucking, yeah. fucking amazing. How long have you been working with Ali? <clears throat> he started being my DJ in 2020, I th- no, 2019. Mm-hmm. We worked on an EP together and this, that's when he also produced the first song. Okay. And since then it has increased. He's my go-to guy now for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was hard for me t- in the beginning when I switched from punk rock to hip-hop to find a person that I feel comfortable with mm-hmm. who also was willing to work with a person, you know, new to the genre in a way. I yeah. mean, I've listened to pip- hip-hop all my life, but new in a sense of uh, how to approach the music and so on. And you found it, that person. I found that person <laughs> on stage because the interaction that we have on stage is really something that I appreciate. He's yeah. just a he's just a super funny dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, God damn it! The last few days when we were in Greece together was I literally cried. I think four or five times because he's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start your your actual career of like? When did you say, okay, I'm gonna, I want to start producing like music? Like, were, were you always doing music? I was starting doing music. I started doing music, I think, in when I was in high school in the HTL. I really wanted to have a band, and I had some friends who also wanted to be in a band, and then we said, all right, let's do it. Let's kind of pick straws who plays what. Yeah. <laughs> and I picked guitar. And <laughs> that's when I learned playing guitar. And I think a few months later, we already had our first show. That's crazy. So I've never heard that before. So you just like had a group of friends and you were like, I want to start a band. And everybody yeah. was like, okay, who's going to play drums? Who's gonna, and yeah. You guys didn't play anything yeah. before? No. Okay. I mean, the drummer actually had played drums before or mm-hmm. like practiced in the music Oh, okay. the orchestra the class, of, yeah. of, of his village. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it was not. We we had no fucking clue about yeah, anything. Okay. 
it was very, very interesting. But I remember that the first thing we decided to do it, we decided on the name of the band. Mm -hmm. And I went home and bought those print-ons, you know, the I think where you can iron. Oh, yeah. The yeah iron and I transfers. made a logo yeah. in paint. <laughs> <laughs> and I printed t-shirts for us. I remember nice. doing that. That's awesome. It was pretty much, the, that was the first act as a band. <laughs> <laughs> and then you started to learn how to play after that. Then I started to learn. I mean, I tried at least. But yeah. yeah. And uh, I played in that band for over 10 years. We actually started, you know, as a really shitty band, but I think we became quite decent after a while. We toured a lot, mm -hmm. all tours that I set up, also nice. in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a punk band. It was a punk band, yeah. And we played, also we played in Texas a few times. I think we played in Fort Worth a mm -hmm. few times. Um, where San Antonio, Austin, a few times also. Cool, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was good times. Uh, what what age were you at this, this time? I think I started when I was like 16, 15, 16. Mm -hmm. And it ended pretty much 10 years later. Okay. When we knew we, we were starting to get guarantees like and, and, and money that was actually now, you know, making it worthwhile playing because before we was like oh there's a show in warsaw let's go there for 50 euros payment or something yeah, like yeah. this and we drove to poland or something <laughs> like this or we always tried to you know route combine it, and yeah. combine it yeah. with other, other things but we played pretty much everything we could um and then when we were slowly making a name for ourselves we knew that if we wanted and to do a new album, we had to step it up mm -hmm. or like put our, our minds more to it. And mm -hmm. two of, of out of four said, you know, I have to finish my study and or one of them said, I can't only use my vacation yeah. time for yeah. touring. Yeah, yeah. Which was understandable. And we then said, all right, mm. if we don't want to be that band that plays once yeah. a year in the local... <laughs> pub and, yeah. and gets fucked up we just end it properly and and use it as something a beautiful memory that mm -hmm. we that we used our adolescence quite <laughs> well <laughs> do you have any crazy tour stories that happened any any uh yeah mostly i mean no not only mostly i a lot of crazy things happen in the czech republic because it's uh <laughs> yeah people are very open about substances there yeah and are pretty out of their minds as well yeah <laughs> but in i have had a, the united states have been like a crazy crazy ride every time we went mm -hmm. the first tour we like the first full u.s tour we did was from starting in connecticut Going down to South Carolina, I think Tennessee, and so on, then to the West Coast, and up the West Coast, and down the West Coast again, mm -hmm. everything in 30 days. All in like a van? <clears throat> in a van and a car, yeah. Okay. It, was, it was two bands touring. Okay, cool. So they, the, the other band had the, the vehicles, or did you all have They the provided bands? the vehicles, and I we did like an exchange. They mm -hmm. promoted this tour for us in the united states and directly afterwards we did the european tour that i booked oh okay, okay. and we exchanged like oh, eight. that's cool yeah that's really cool it was very nice it was a great experience 
but it was i think we played like 56 shows in 55 days or something like wow. this it was Shit. crazy even us leaving leaving from los angeles if i remember correctly and flying home mm. and we had the same day we had the first show <laughs> which now looking back is crazy <laughs> stupid but we didn't know yeah, any better worked, and it yeah. worked out also yeah. so nice but uh, i think um i remember we were drinking moonshine so the uh gasoline of the american south yeah. um in johnson city i think it was johnson city tennessee we got like a few bottles of moonshine from the locals mm-hmm. and we drank it and it had a very good time and the couple where we stayed at uh were on something i don't know what they were on okay. but they were clearly out of their minds yeah and at four or something in the morning the host wanted to stab us it was really like he put out his a knife and he said like i'm going i'm gonna kill you what yeah <laughs> and like the whole band he just woke you guys up and said like no no we were still we were it was oh, four, like up. we were still up. drinking yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and drinking moonshine that keeps you awake as well yeah. but he I, I don't know what he was on but he his intention was to to stab us wow and one of the band members of the other band was clearly like you out of your mind give me the knife yeah and he gave him the knife and he took out another one which was like, <laughs> it was <laughs> uh, and but he gave it a, as well and then we all went to sleep wow and i now looking back i, I don't know how we were able to fall asleep then moonshine because, probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but we got going quite fast in the wow. morning yeah. i'm sure yeah i was also in a band in, in high school punk band yeah. as a singer I, I i remember those times very fondly even though we really sucked i just love being on stage and like screaming at the crowd and and also practicing with your band it's just really uh special it's a very nice bonding experience and touring in, in general i think that's why so many band breakups are really ugly is you get very very close very mm-hmm. very fast and so it's kind of a, a very intense relationship from if you tour from yeah. a very early age on but in the united states also in comparison um, we never knew where we would sleep mm-hmm. at any show i think yeah we just were like all right we're we'll to it out <laughs> yeah, please anybody host us and it worked out almost any time so the hospitality was great mm. but we're not then you just sleep in the van or um we yeah i mean walmart parking yeah. spaces we yeah. had like a, a system figured out how to mm-hmm. sleep mm-hmm. kind of nice and it's also a trip going to walmart at yeah. 3 a.m in yeah the yeah it's Fucking definitely hell. It's like huge ass store. You walk in, it's super, and that late, it's really creepy. It's creepy because also the people who go shopping at Walmart yeah. at three a.m. are yeah. different kind different. of species. Yeah, this is definitely. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been in a Walmart after midnight sober. Yeah, I can. <laughs> you just go in because probably fuck. nobody is. No, no, no. It's like because after midnight in the U.S. or at least in Texas, you can't buy beer anymore. You know, so then it's like, yeah. it's cut off. You yeah. can't buy any more beer, not, not even at the gas stations or anywhere. And so when Walmart would be 24 hours open. So, But if you need something like chips or, oh shit, I need to get, I don't know, just some random shit. You just go there and I can't even remember why I would go there that late. But, you know, sometimes just go look at toys for some yeah, reason. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, walk just around. Uh, let's, let's do something. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, 
I have, but I also have fond memories of this, like because there's also people, you know, not homeless people, but uh, people who live in their cars. Mm -hmm. Also, it's it's a it's a scene in a way. It's a crowd, very interesting crowd. Yeah, uh, in that area, and I think one of the craziest drives we ever did was also the United States. It was a, a very ambitious routing that we did. We mm -hmm. started in Los Angeles. We played in Koreatown. And in Los Angeles, it's like a base of ours. We have a lot of friends there. So it okay. was a very nice show. We enjoyed ourselves a lot. Mm -hmm. Didn't go to bed too <laughs> early. And then the, the next morning, we left for Vegas. <laughs> and it was, I think it, it was a, the night of a Mayweather fight. So oh, okay. it was a, the city was fucking packed. Mm -hmm. And we went there also, played a show at, it's called the Double Down Saloon. Okay. It's like a... A dive bar pretty okay. amazing pretty really nice thing mm -hmm. we played there and said okay i mean we're in vegas let's go out mm -hmm. and but not let's not uh lose ourselves because the next day we have to go to arizona yeah to phoenix <laughs> and which is also quite a long drive mm. and i remember we walked down fremont street like the old vegas and Within five minutes, we had lost. I mean, I I lost them, and I yeah. woke up the next morning on a bus station, like in a bus station outside of Vegas. For some reason, I saw only the skyline at, in okay. the back. It was I had a lot of one dollar bills in my <laughs> in my thing. An old lady showed me the way back to Vegas, and I wow. thought, oh my god, it's like nine a.m. now. The others will be so worried about myself. Yeah. I go back to the hotel. And they were not even there yet. They were <laughs> still <laughs> out. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> so, and you still don't know how you ended up there. No, I don't know. I don't know. But it, I guess I had a good time. <laughs> Matt on the same night met our guitar player, lost his phone and his shoes, yeah. and then we drove to Phoenix. Played in Phoenix, I think, at 2 a.m. in the morning. Drove further up to I think it's called Flagstaff, like a. Uh, in the north of Arizona, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Stayed there for two hours and then drove to Fort Collins, Colorado. In I think it, overall it was like a 16-hour drive. Wow, shit. But I, I always loved those American drives. Yeah. They're so meditative mm -hmm. because you don't see anything. No, no, no. It's just... It's Especially in the, the Midwestern oh, areas. Yeah. Like the, what is it, the Interstate 15 that mm -hmm. leads directly from Kansas City to Denver, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. And you just drive straight. It's just a straight <laughs> ride for nine hours. Yeah. And then at the end of when you enter Colorado, you take yeah. a right turn and you're like, whoa, <laughs> what's happening? Yeah, they have to make up for not having like, like <laughs> fast trains or anything. It's just like they don't have a good railway system. So yeah. it's just like, here's a long ass road. You'll, you'll find your way. You only have meadows, meadows, and yeah, great. That's true. Mm. And uh, Jesus loves you, signs, <laughs> yeah. and don't do crack, something yeah. like that. Don't do meth <laughs> while you're driving through these yeah. meth-infested uh, <laughs> little towns. Yeah. So then, after the band uh, finished and you guys broke up, what, what was your next step? Did you go into a new band? Did you take a break for a while? No, I knew that I had to. I I need to create music as my creative outlet, or at least I need to write. I knew that I wanted to do something in German because it felt that I had used the English language maybe too much for with German still being the my go-to language. And I thought at the time I the last years of the punk 
band we made much more like faster ska punk kind of mm -hmm, music mm -hmm. and i know that and through different influences i knew that i was more into beat driven music anyway mm -hmm. and i thought okay let's try this out and i first i assembled also a band i thought maybe it would be as that's, that's what i knew mm -hmm. and i thought maybe that's the way to go as well but it turned out that it was very very ineffective to you know to have four really good musicians in a room and myself and and you know having to decide on breaks and so yeah. on and so on when with production it's really like loop it yeah make variations while producing rather than going into the practicing room and figuring it out mm -hmm. when everybody's kind of undecisive everybody mm -hmm. can play anything mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. So that's why when I started producing on my own with a friend also, he showed me how to work Ableton. Mm -hmm. And from then it progressed to me buying some beats from the internet, but working with different people and just enjoying the process of being creative together again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So you were writing, at this time were you just doing uh, beats or did you start to, when did you start to rap over your beats and stuff? Or was this... I started, I, I think I started rapping quite soon. I remember that I, I mean, practicing over like instrumental albums, that's, uh, Apollo Brown mm -hmm. albums and stuff like this. Just those old school boom bap kind of albums that I really liked and I wasn't very good. But I I really enjoyed the practice, mm -hmm. and I remember that I wrote to one beat producer that I really liked. Mm -hmm. If I could use one of the beats for a free for a free, <laughs> like a, a mixtape that I wanted to take, mm -hmm. and he didn't reply, but he made a social media post, okay, a very lengthy one about people asking him for shit for free <laughs> and how <laughs> dare they and da da da. And I, Okay, <laughs> this is not how the way, <laughs> not how to to progress. <laughs> so a public answer. It was a very public and very very rude. Yeah. Very Austrian actually. Okay. <laughs> nice. So what kind of what were your influences growing up as far as music goes? I think the the main influence that I ever always had in terms of music in terms of progressing and like developing your own style developing and not staying still and political messages the clash mm -hmm. yeah the clash were always my like joe strummer the singer one of the singers was a very big hero for yeah. me from yeah. very early on mm -hmm. i liked the diy you know how they spray painted their clothing and yeah, like the, yeah. everything how the attitudes the anti-racist approach everything that they did i thought i like I even I, I wrote my master's thesis of analyzing mm -hmm. like american and british punk songs oh, okay and so they were certainly my favorites i was yeah i always was like into earlier ska music reggae music like desmond decker mm -hmm. these kind of bands mm -hmm. What was it again? What was the name? Desmond Decker is like a Jamaican artist oh, okay. has passed away a long time ago. All right. Um, yeah, Jimmy Cliff, these kind of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, you know, offbeat music I like from an earlier age on. But I would say in my 
punky as my punk punk years, I was very, very focused only on listening to punk. Yeah. And only when I turned like 34, for th uh, 34, sorry, 24, 25, I realized how much I was limiting myself to yeah, one yeah. genre. And that's what I loved about mm -hmm. The Clash always, you know, when uh, like they have their Sandinista direct record where they experiment with rap a lot, where mm -hmm. they... Uh, mm -hmm. And Public Enemy, for instance, were always a band that I really liked. Yeah. For yeah. instance, so those old school political acts, Beastie Boys also, because they had this mixture, this punk yeah, yeah. attitude. And they started at punk. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Sabotage is still one of my uh, all time it's favorites. It's an anthem, yeah. it's yeah. one of the best, yeah. And it's also the same, because I grew up with, with punk also, but yeah. I think I didn't grow up with punk, actually. I think I. I got into it in high school, you know, and, okay. and then, um, but when you're in that scene, it's like punk is, there's nothing better than punk, you know, it's like, I'm just listening to punk, I don't listen to anything else, and it wasn't until I started skateboarding, and I watched, like, skate videos, and yeah. stuff, and then they they put, like, a hip-hop, you know, yeah. something on there, and I was like, this is a really good song, and I really started to get more into hip-hop because of skateboarding, actually, yeah. um, and then, yeah, you realize that you kind of limit yourself when you're just listening to, like, Propaganda, Black Flag, like Misfits yeah. all the time, like over and over again on repeat. It's like, there's other shit out there, the, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be a I little think, bit. I think hip hop could be just as punk as, as punk, you know? It's like, it depends on the artist, you know? I think so as well. I think it's uh, also the, the view on hip hop, still from mainstream media is very very limited also because yeah. they see this you know gangster rap and uh, mm. i think they're still referring to this these you know east coast west coast beefs from mm. the goddamn 90s when i say yeah and it's also all about drugs and all about uh misogyny and so on and so on when you have just subgenres of the biggest genre in the world yeah that yeah. is so political and uh so interesting in mm. different aspects mm. And I mean, it's a mirror of society anyway, I think, if you and if you allow yourself to reflect on it. I mean, the new Kendrick Lamar record, for instance, is mm. a, a, basically a therapy session for him. It <laughs> seems to me, I don't know if you've mm. listened to it, it's, but it's goddamn amazing, mm. I think. So I think the there's a lot of punk spirit in rap as well. And there's yeah. a lot of, I, I mean, the, the spirit to change something for the better is something that is always, has always been very interesting and appealing to me. Mm -hmm. And I see this in rap as much as I see it in punk while rap is, in my opinion, evolving. Mm -hmm. It's an ever evolving genre, at least at the moment, at least as far as I realize it. And punk, you know, kind of, has, is, has stood still for a while now. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think you're right. Yeah. I didn't really think about it too much, but yeah, it could be awesome. Uh, there's no. I mean, I have listened to a lot of punk in my yeah. my time, so I I I know a lot of bands, and there's like three four bands that are really mm -hmm. that catch me now. Yeah, but it's it's a weird genre because the more you experiment with punk, the less it becomes punk. You know, so it's like. You have bands that uh, really 
you would think that they're like a punk band, but they push it so much that it's it's then becomes something else. Like I think I think of like Sonic Youth or Nirvana or reviews like, or something like this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Where it's like they're doing. I mean, Sonic Youth. They're like when you see them on stage, it's a punk band. You yeah. Know? When you when you listen to the music, it's something else. You know, it's totally something. So you can't say it's. But with hip hop, it's always like this is a subgenre of that. Yeah, but with punk, it's like no, now this is grunge, you know, this yeah, isn't punk anymore, yeah. or this is another, but it's not a subgenre like of punk. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's only a few subgenres of punk, but I think with hip hop, you have so much different directions you can go with it and yeah. still keep it in this same lane, I guess. That's lane. true. Yeah. What would you say was your like top favorite album, punk uh, and hip hop? One of oh each. my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that you can come to. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I might not be able to give that an answer I know right it's away. hard it's hard uh, it's like because it, it, it's all about mood right but I think if there's one that like that you can say this is my I can play anytime listen to it from beginning to end uh huh yeah I think I have to think about it I, oh, let's go back to this in a, okay. in a minute <laughs> but I because I am there's yeah. some records that are all time classics to me there's some records that I um that I can't get kind of sick of mm-hmm. there's one of one more recent band called the man singers from i think pennsylvania mm-hmm. they have uh, a record called on the impossible past okay and they are the perfect like they are very melancholic mm-hmm. they have screaming parts and also uh, very harmonic parts mm-hmm. Maybe this is my. That's probably one of my favorites. If I would say like more recent music, that's also one of the bands that I'm still listening to. Okay, gotcha. Um, that's for for the punk genre. That's for the yeah. punk genre. I think for me the punk would be Bad Religion, Stranger Than Fiction. Okay. This album, I think, because I grew up, I remember buying the CD, listening to it over and over again. And still to today, I can listen to it from the beginning to the end and still enjoy every song and enjoy it as, like, it's, for me, it's a personal top. Yeah, it has, it has uh, kind of, a lot of records have lost this, no? Because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I remember buying records and, you know, sitting there reading through the liner notes. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Opening the jacket sleeve and just yeah, reading, yeah, reading the, the lyrics and trying to figure it out. And I even, even the thanks, I, I, I know that I analyzed the thanks and I was like, oh, this, this guy keeps, keeps being mentioned. Who is he? Like, yeah. is he uh, I really like that. Yeah. Maybe also Rancid's Outcome the Wolves and Outcome, or Life Won't Wait even more. Mm-hmm. Because it was also experimenting a lot with with reggae and ska already. Mm-hmm. Rancid had been an, also an all-time favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. So maybe them... I don't know, man. And for it's hip-hop? Very, very, there, very hard. Um, is there like a one hip-hop album that's um, like... More, I guess you could say favorite, but I guess the most uh, nostalgic or influential to you? There are certain artists that I really, really enjoy listening to. That That's Kendrick... No, not not always J. Cole, but J. Cole also. Joey Badass, I don't know if you know him. He's like a yeah, New yeah, York guy. Yeah, I, I really like I really liked his first record where he was also like mm. I think even J. Dilla's mom gave permission for him to rap on a J. Dilla. Oh really? J. Dilla beat one when he had already passed away, which fucking fucking cool. Wow. 
The Throne Record by Jay-Z and Kanye, maybe. Mm -hmm. No, no. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. By Kanye. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's... Even though I'm very, very torn or very appalled by the guy <laughs> himself, but that record is something else. Yeah. I think mine, for hip-hop anyway, the most influential for yeah. me was uh, Most Deaf, Black on Both Sides. Okay. I remember hearing this album and listening to that album on repeat from beginning to, to end and just the different valleys and the different emotion that was coming from that album I haven't listened to an album yet that's mirrored that at all. Okay, it's just such a good album where it's like it's a little bit more. It's a it's a positive album, but it's also like an awakening album. It's kind of like telling you like you know this is all you have. This is like yeah, this is your one life. Like do the best with it, and also kind of uh, also a little political where it's like this new world water where he talks about selling the water in a bottle like when it should be free for everyone. Yeah. Kind of, It was such such a great album. It's still, I could still listen to it from the beginning to the end. And then you have like um, Brown Skin Lady, which is like the like I guess the pop or the the single from that album, which okay. is just a great one. I mean the yeah him and Talib Kweli also the Black Star thing. Black Star was yeah one of my okay also from the beginning to end yeah. Black Star. But man, I was I think it was in 2017. I was escaping Austria for in, in October for a while because of a, a very bad breakup mm -hmm. and I went and I thought okay I'll go to Los Angeles because I had never seen an NBA game uh, yeah. and I'm a big big NBA fan yeah. and I thought okay let's go there and I bought tickets for I think it was uh, Lakers against Raptors and Clippers against Warriors mm -hmm. and I think I saw Warriors against Clippers one night and a friend of mine had purchased Blackstar tickets for me also they, they were the same night but I said okay I can't you know I I, I came here to, to watch fucking basketball yeah, so yeah. I have to to watch it and he went with another friend and I watched the game and afterwards I texted him all right we're on our way home now mm -hmm. what are you doing and he said he's still waiting They hadn't started play because I think they went. Both of them went to the game as well. Oh, okay. And they just, uh, they just <laughs> let the fucking <laughs> audience. It was a Tuesday or something. It was really like people. I think they started playing at 1 a.m. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> One artist that I would love to see, but I don't think that is happening, is Tom Waits. Oh yeah. I fucking love Tom Waits. Yeah, you're a big fan. Yes, very much. But he's. <laughs> I think the last times he played, he played like also some Eastern European countries and mm. never came through Vienna. No, mm. no. And he's old. Yeah. He's very old. So I don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, a, it's also with like the older punk bands, you know, like when they do come through, it's usually with a festival or something because they, they can play just yeah. a 30 minute set and get the fuck off. You know, I understand yeah. that. Um, but You know, I don't want to pay 160 euros to see only two bands on a, in a festival that I want to see, you know. It's not like in back in the day, I used to love going to festivals. And you would just spend the whole weekend at the festival. Yeah, yeah. And just get dude. fucked up. Yeah. And you'd be with your friends. But now, I don't I don't have that 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 feeling anymore. Yeah, honestly. you don't. And it's okay. I think yeah, uh, once you reach a certain age, I think it's good. <laughs> it kind of fades. And That's true. I can't imagine like a, like me trying to gather a bunch of other like four year old 
fuckers out and let's go spend let's the whole go. weekend at the concert. Bring the beer pong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the weed? It's like out there. Just, yeah, but it's but it sucks because it's like when a great band comes, like Descendants, for example, when they come and they play like a big festival. Yeah. It's like I want to see Descendants, but I don't want to. I only want to see them and maybe one or two other bands in the, yeah. in the lineup. And usually the sound at festivals is shit yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. So and you're standing way in the back because it's like the front is just filled with, with uh, just crazy drunk people. Yeah. But, um, which is fine sometimes. But uh, I think last month the Get Up Kids played oh, really? the touring. They, but they didn't come to Vienna. They, no, they did come to Vienna, but I, was, I left that day to London. I was okay. so pissed. I was so pissed because... I haven't seen them live, and they're one of my favorite uh, punk bands from, from I don't know if you could, they're more like punk emo, you know, back in yeah. the kind of like a mix. But I've never seen them live, and they were playing here, and I was really upset, because I had already booked tickets, to, uh, booked a flight to go to London that same day, mm-hmm. and I was looking at other places they were playing, I was like, oh, maybe I can go quickly to, to Germany the, yeah, yeah, yeah. and see them. If they weren't playing anywhere else in Austria, so I would have to go into like Germany and, and see it and then book a hotel. And I was like, fucking, that's not going to happen this yeah. time. But they're getting old, so it's like, yeah. And that's the, that's the thing as well. I remember that I saw Sex Pistols play and I, you know, I read a lot about them. Of, about them. Mm-hmm. And I really liked like the attitude and this anarchistic approach and when I saw them it was like 60 year old dudes <laughs> playing the songs that they written in 1976 mm-hmm. and it was really really disappointing so it's to, to a certain degree it's better to you know just leave it to, to just yeah. leave it there and, and the yeah. impression in your mind is, is more very much so um, I just realized one one second yeah yeah go ahead Beatsteaks Smack Smash is I think my favorite part oh okay I never got into Beatsteaks actually no no I have never gotten into it I never even heard of them until I moved to to Vienna okay they so. were I think they were on Epitaph Records also okay so they were big in the like in the punk in scene the, yeah yeah but they are also one they remind me a lot of like if it was, would be a German clash I think it would be Beatsteaks yeah and they played in Vienna in June and I was able to with my friend Kerosene ninety five, she mm-hmm. uh, they are, they were the support act, and oh. I have a song with them. Nice. And I was able to perform open air arena, the song before B six, and I, I don't know if yeah. you know the arena, like yeah. this old brick building, yeah, yeah, and backstage mm-hmm. is upstairs, mm-hmm. and we took the 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 lift upstairs, and then I watched Beach Beatsticks from there. And cried silently because yeah. I was so happy. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. like a, a bucket list thing. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome. So uh, take me a little bit through like your process of like creating a song. So my song writing process usually starts with a vibe or the idea of a topic that I want to write about. If it's a topic, a broader topic like feminism, for instance, then it takes me a lot of time to write it to mm-hmm. rewrite it to rephrase it because you know especially topics where am i myself as a privileged person mm. i am not affected yeah. by it it needs the right approach not to to sound how do you call this like a finger Snobby, pointing uh, or like a or like, yeah, yeah. like like you're accusing or yeah accu- accusing and and you know uh, for, for example what, what would that 
like like uh, for instance i i wrote this a song called shaman about people should be ashamed of themselves you know mm -hmm. treating women mm -hmm. inferiorly obviously i'm also a man mm -hmm. so it it's i have to consider my position in this whole system yeah. and in the patriarchy as well so it's i can't just say you know sexism is bad but yeah. you know how how i'm i Con contributing to a change how mm -hmm. am i profiting from sexism in general those yeah. those kind of things are aspects that i have to reflect on quite a lot so those are songs that are harder for me to write but are still songs that i'm really focused on and, and that i want to to deal with because i think a lot needs to change in the world mm -hmm. but there's also other songs where i'm you know the i'm just writing about a feeling or a, a moment that i'm going through like there's a song on a ep that i released called freiheit which deals with the the thrill of walking outside at night and trying to paint something mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. walls and like like having having to face you know being caught and but also what it does to you the thrill the adrenaline mm -hmm. and everything and if if it's a song like this then i can more write about feelings and mm -hmm. use metaphors for what i go through in mm -hmm. these times and then there's representers where i'm just trying to kind of show who i am as a person mm -hmm. i always thought that i couldn't do represent us because i'm very opposed to the whole capitalist yeah. idea i'm really opposed to you know this saying i'm much better than others yeah yeah so i also had to find kind of my niche of saying what i what is important to me and what i represent mm -hmm. basically yeah and once i have the idea i go to ollie or i go to a producer or i try to look for beats on the internet that i that are catching that vibe we try to aim for something like this we try to aim obviously to vary it and to to find our own thing in this and then to combine my first sketches mm -hmm. with a beat sketch and then Refine tighten, it refining it, it yeah. refining the lyrics and then refining the beat to fit exactly mm -hmm. what the song cool. should be about and how long does that process typically take for you like from from the from the idea the vibe to writing it to producing it really depends lyrically because there's some ideas that i have to just find the perspective to narrate it mm -hmm. but if it's a, an idea that i'm if it's an idea of me just you know about chilling mm -hmm. at the beach for mm -hmm. instance then i would probably take about a week or two to write down the sketch of the lyrics depending on my capacities also but then it's usually recorded and the beat is created within three four sittings yeah, okay which takes us a month because we meet once a week mm -hmm. and, and yeah, so let, let's say a song a month yeah. usually nice and that's the process Oli is also really good like check out osif music production definitely <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's really good at pre-mixing already so mm -hmm. once i have recorded my first lines he's already you know putting the compression and 
reverb and whatever it takes he adds and while he's beat making he's already mm -hmm. mixing as well mm -hmm. so the mixing is also done quite fast mm -hmm. and the whole process is really nice working with him because i especially with the punk band we the mixing just took ages mm -hmm. it's just uh, yeah, too many elements to to consider right yeah and not 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 even that it's just uh you kind of listening it you're, you're listening it too too often it's yeah okay at, at some point with all the elements that we can apply already in production mm -hmm. at some point it should be done and everything that you add to it is just you know it's taste yeah, yeah and yeah. if it's more people the more people there are the more uh, opinions opinions yeah. are there <laughs> and so it it's to me there's something i, I think that's even the, the phrase tot mission which mm -hmm. to mix it dead yeah which means that you're just you're, you're not able to say all right this is a finished product mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and especially if you create something that is made out of an impulse or mm -hmm. made out of a feeling mm -hmm. then i think it shouldn't take too long you know you should yeah. be able to bottle this feeling yeah. as fast as possible yeah i'm not saying record everything with your goddamn i don't know macbook yeah yeah uh, microphone yeah it works also but <laughs> i mean preparation is important recording process is important but then you should be able to say okay we yeah, move on to the next one yeah yeah I had another question. I can't remember what it was. Sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, that's super cool. That I have a question for you. Oh, shit. Can I ask you a question? Of course. How is music influencing your work as mm. an artist? Well, I listen to a lot of music while I paint. Yeah. Um, especially when I'm doing street art. I love yeah. to be when I'm on the streets. It's like skateboarding for me. It's like I used to... Yeah. I like to have some kind of motivation. It so it motivates me. Um it's hard to say how much it, it impacts my artwork mm -hmm. aside from just being kind of the soundtrack to my process, I guess, you know, um, the sound. Yeah. But still, I mean, you are clearly very influenced by comic culture. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, definitely. So, so by popular culture in general. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So would you say it's like a mixture of music and comic culture or what's, what's the, inspiration how do you draw inspiration because i've also seen you like evolve your different um not symbols how do you say it? like your different icons or like mm -hmm. like characters, uh, characters. Yeah. yeah thank you very much yeah. your different characters um how do they pop up in your mind that's it's probably like writing a song in a way it's like more of a feeling that i want to um to show in a way so like the when I started to draw the Aust the astronauts, like these yeah. were, this was a feeling I wasn't really trying to convey consciously. Yeah, it was a subconscious feeling that I had about uh, my culture shock moving to Vienna, and now that they've, now that those are pretty much gone, I'm pretty yeah. much now I'm doing the, more the beat bots, which are more like this feeling of like this this robot that creates, you know, wants to go and sprays and he has like his other friends and yeah. All right. So. Because the astronaut, for instance, when you told me about it uh, and uh, the intention behind it, it, I thought it was a, a fantastic metaphor. So, I mean, uh, a picture metaphor, but <laughs> nonetheless, you know, yeah. But I, like I said, I didn't really, it wasn't the intention. It was kind of a, a feeling. I think, Maybe it's the same as when you're writing a song, you start to write something 
I don't know. And then later you realize what that re that really means, you know, yeah. to you personally yeah. and why you wrote that. It's the same with art for me. It's like I, I do these, like even with the sweaterman, I'm painting like crazy now. But um, and there's a reason I'm painting them. Like it's not just because I have to. I have a deadline, but it's like the reason that I'm a, I'm attaching myself so closely to the sweaterman. I don't realize what that is right now. It, and I don't think about it right now. I'll think about it later when it's, it's all done because I can't really, yeah. I can't really say until it's it's over. But you know, it's something for me. It's something I don't really think about until somebody asks me. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, hmm, okay. I wonder. Okay, it could be this. <laughs> uh, maybe it's that. It's something so subconscious that uh, your body, you know, your mind's just trying to speak to you, but mm -hmm. in this weird way. To it's to me, no matter what kind of artist you are, it's something that I really appreciate. Like the connection of. First of all, the angst of you know having to pay your bills with the art that you do, yeah. no matter if it's music or if it's street art or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but in combination to staying true to yourself in a way, yeah, uh, is something that really fascinates me. I myself, I'm I'm in a position that I can pay my bills with my job mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. So my I'm easily focusing on whatever I want to do. Yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. don't have somebody telling me you know it would be better if yeah. you <laughs> and i i think honestly if i just stuck over the last five five years if i just stuck to boom bap mm -hmm. old school rap that I, it would have been easier for me to is, is be to establish establish myself as an artist yeah um but that's not what i'm feeling like yeah. you know i i do want to evolve and i want to now the ep that i just released with all shift together which is called king of nothing ep by the way mm -hmm. uh we worked with different elements like there's a song the last song called kranensi is has a part that is very punky it has mm -hmm. like the punk drum samples and yeah, i think i heard punk. it at the live show at the live yeah, show yeah. exactly so uh, obviously uh, like in a in a commercial sense it doesn't make sense to make these switches and changes but mm -hmm. for me personally it i have the urge to to change and to evolve and to switch the style that i'm working in so it's interesting to me if you i i also remember that i think nigel said once that he every two years or something like mm -hmm. this he's creating a new a character or like a, a new way of how he draws and mm -hmm. how he paints mm -hmm. And then it takes a few years for people to acknowledge it, to yeah. like it, yeah. and then he moves on to the next yeah, thing. Yeah. So it would be interesting to me also how, how you see this, if to, yeah. if you want your characters to be established or, or whatever. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I think it also comes from the aspect that I didn't really, I didn't go to art school. So I kind of, what I learned from was seeing um, other artists that I admired, like uh, the New York artists and California artists, like like Buff Monster, for example, who does like these uh, Melty Misfits characters. And they're all, he's been painting them for, I don't know, maybe over a decade now or something. Okay. But you know that's his character. And I was like, you know, growing up and, and wanting to do art, I was like, okay, well, that's how you do it. You know, you find a character and this is, you do, you just fucking beat that character to death. You do it in every style, every way you can. You make toys, you make t-shirts, you make whatever. And I guess I just kind of thought, 
at the time, like, okay, I need to, I need to have something that people recognize me for, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and the sweater man was, was like the first character that I started to draw that I really felt like from the, from the first time it came out, from the first time I drew it in my sketchbook, like this is, this character is, uh, is my character. This is the one that's going to, I'm going to push. Yeah. And, and then when I moved here, I, I totally put that away because it was like a new me. It was a new start when I moved here and I started to draw the astronauts. I started to draw robots, but the robots came later after, I don't know, about a year of just drawing aimlessly in my sketchbook, different bullshit, not yeah. having any. And then I started to draw these robots and it was just like, oh, I wonder how much I can do with this and what I can do with it. For me, it's more of like, it's, it becomes stale after a little while. Like I need to, I, I will draw the same character but I keep I start drawing them in the same in the same uh, position sometimes. Yeah. And like I like that position, but like I've already drawn this position so many times. Yeah. And and I I know it's only me that notices it because I'm the one that's like front row seat of my shit, you know. But I I yeah I need to change it up. I can imagine because uh, what's the the wrestler that Shepard Fairey draws all the time called uh, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant, for yeah. instance, yeah, mm -hmm. it's the same thing. I re I mean, it's this trademark, the obey thing. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, man, yeah. I, you know, I want to see if you are. I think if you are versatile as an artist, I I want to see you do different shit. Yeah, I, yeah. I do understand that there's a a way that you approach things and I do understand that there's a certain style that mm -hmm. is connected to you mm -hmm. similar to tattoo artists or whatever yeah yeah uh, you have phases but also you know yeah. Picasso had also his blue face mm -hmm. but it was a phase it was not something that he uh, like you know a lot of trap music and, and drill music nowadays works like a recipe they mm -hmm. apply it over and over yeah, and yeah, over yeah. and over again mm -hmm. and I'm not interested in yeah. this Repetition. I'm. I'd like to see people evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But it's it's the formula. You know, the formula. Once they get the formula, like, okay, I'm just going to do this over and over again yeah. until it's not the formula anymore. It's like, yeah, that's a pity, though. It's, yeah, it's I a mean, pity, that's yeah. that's uh, in my opinion what differentiates it, like an, a true artist mm -hmm. who pushes him her themselves to new highs or um, to something maybe completely different. And the person is just in it for, you know, yeah, for, for, for financial gain. Yeah, exactly. But there's a, there's like a really, maybe, you know, you know, the internet and, and Instagram has a lot yes, of, I know the a lot of stuff. Yeah, you heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> it, it uh, has a lot of influence on that, you know, because you see what, what's happening. But I think it's, for me personally, I just, I can't, um, I get, like I said, when I get this bored, feeling when I'm just like with a character and I feel like I'm, I'm stuck I get really depressed like you know yeah. not not outwardly depressed you know it's just more like frustrated an, I'm like in a lull you know yeah, I'm yeah. In, a, in a down and it takes so much to get out of that and sometimes I don't I don't get out of it for for forever it's like I feel like I'm stuck in that but I I continue to work you know I don't let it stop I don't stop I'm just yeah. like fuck I'm done it's like I just keep doing it Because you have to keep putting in the work. And then when something comes and it's like... Grab it. Yeah, and you feel that, that energy and that spark come back, then you just ride that fucking horse until it's fucking... Yeah, yeah. Until, until it's dying, you know? And then it's like, okay, what now? You know, what now? But it's, you're, it's always chasing that, that inspiration, you know? Yeah. 
And you know, I mean, the beatbox also for me, when I started to do that in the beginning, I was like, okay, I rode that horse. I'm still riding it, but it's like, I'm jumping back to the sweater man because now I felt I've now had to draw a sweater man now for the whole summer. And the first month, I think I was really, uh, <laughs> I got tired of it really quickly. I was like, okay. I'm done with them. I yeah. don't want to do And then I, I switched to a new medium. I started to do acrylic on canvas and then I got really excited about it. So maybe, you know, sometimes it's just about switching how you're painting, how you're like the approach. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you never know what it is, but you have to keep pushing until you find it. You know, it's like, I think that's very important. Also, I think probably for all creation of art that you doubt yourself at certain points that mm. you have these lows that you just described, especially if you think about, you know, uh, for me personally, it has happened. And I do know that I, I'm very happy with the lyrics that I write and mm -hmm. the approach that I take. But I reach points where I'm like, oh my God, I lost it. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. Mm. It's uh, I don't know what happened, but I can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously you have to continue and then you produce a lot of shitty notebook pages <laughs> <laughs> with very shitty rhymes and little, you know, uh, value. Yeah. But even if it's five pages of, of shitty rhymes and then you have like a two-liner out of it, then it's yeah. still... It's uh, a seed a that you can, yeah, that yeah, you can exactly. build from, yeah. So what's the plan now with uh, with your stuff? So you have this, this new album out. Oh, it's the not EP, a new album, but a new EP. EP, yeah. And uh, like, what is the plan? Like, what is your uh, your goal with this new EP? Like, it's... Ask. We want people to hear it and yeah. to like it. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's. I said obviously, it's always nice if people, if you, if it's acknowledged what you, what you do. Mm -hmm. I've had some nice people ask for, for you know, features and stuff like this, which is really cool. It's very, very flattering. What do you uh, mean features? What do you like mean? Like there's a, a person, a rapper that I'm looking up to who mm -hmm. asked me if we could do a song together so that's oh, something nice. that is, yeah, yeah. that's really cool that's something that i want to focus on and really it's just playing it live now being in greece and playing on a goddamn beach in front <laughs> of like 400 people who didn't understand like what <laughs> that i was rapping it's just something the energy that i can feel live or how i can let loose life is something that I can hardly do in my usual life. Yeah. For some reason, I that's where I feel home most. That's where I feel comfortable most. I fucking shit in my pants every show, like before <laughs> every show. I'm really, really nervous. But once I go on stage, it's something that it clicks. It clicks, and I realize that this is what I want to do. This is the feeling that I want to feel. And I think people can tell, like. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not the most versatile and I'm not the most gifted rapper for sure. But I think that the energy that I can bring on stage is something that is contagious in a way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the idea is to play live shows and to see this also this EP as kind of a starting point of the collaboration of Oli, of Osif and I. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's only up from here. I mean, it, it, I really like the new stuff you guys have been working on a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I hope that we can continue. Like there's an idea of an album. Maybe we do an album. Maybe we do two EPs. We would ask our PR 
woman what she says is mm -hmm. more uh, makes more sense basically mm -hmm. but i have a concept for an album okay and i we have like five songs that are half finished i would say and i have the idea for five more so it could be a record maybe these days it would be a double album already yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it also depends on funding yeah there's uh it's just really expensive to yeah. do videos to to pay everyone involved mm -hmm. i've been very lucky to work with people who are really 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 talented and mm -hmm. who do not charge me for a lot of the amazing things that they do yeah i have to shout out real quick uh simon sauna and bernd fassel for doing the videos that they do mm. amazingly sooner films for having done a video for me uh, matthias heschel who takes photos usually for you know uh, what's like rage against the machine and those kind mm. of bands mm -hmm. and he has also been very very supportive uh, nikita a guy from Greece yeah, who yeah. hopefully one day will on this will be on this podcast as well. Yeah, I hope so. From Bang from Bang. From Bang is yeah, exactly. I'm actually wearing a Bang yeah, t-shirt right Bang now. Shirt. <laughs> um, he's been very, very helpful and he's uh, also a great artist. He's way. oh my goodness. Yeah. Basement Reds is his Instagram. Instagram mm -hmm. and his outer ego and he's also a very good trumpet player and good rapper and he's a really great rapper. My goodness. Yeah. The Greek fucking scene that they are creating at the moment is also incredible like mm. they do shows with live painting oh, and cool. different acts yeah. that's near and dear to my heart I love live art and live music Damn. that's my favorite they had this in Santorini also they had like big canvases on the beach Dude, and people were awesome. just drawing really really nice that sounds like my jam 100%. yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I mean for any person who would not like this these kind of things that I probably would not like hanging out with you anyway. Yeah, I think it's, but yeah, for sure. It's really badass. Especially, I remember, I did, a, a, I'm promoting shows every now and then less than I used to because it's just, just such a pain in the ass to, mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It. I remember I did a Gretzelfest in my area around Bacherplatz in the 5th district and you have you're allowed to do 80 decibels of sound, <laughs> which is, you know, you if you measure the the volume of the streets, it's yeah. 65 decibels. Yeah, so it's shit. nothing. It's like we are, the way we are talking right now <laughs> is probably 80 decibels. How are you supposed to, to set yeah. up the show? That's insane. Yeah. But you could do something like an arena or a book or something like this, maybe. Something like this, yeah. yeah. Maybe a connection of places. Yeah, yeah. That'd be probably nice. But then you also need to, yeah, it's a risk, yeah. but something like this. I mean, we've talked about this now for years. <laughs> we have to set up something at some point. For yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah, if, if there's funding, I think it's everything, it makes everything easier. I, I used to do like live shows where every person got like a free seven inch, like mm -hmm. the every visitor wow. after nice. got a seven inch of the acts that were playing. That's awesome. I did this like three or four times. And it was also, I mean, if you can take home something like of course, this, yeah. it's, it's really nice. At the same time, it's, you know, I mean, it's barely profitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to calculate really mm -hmm. strictly and, mm -hmm. and it's a stressful uh, process overall. But in the end, it's um, you did it, and it's like, 
if people enjoyed it and you get like people who appreciate it, then it's totally worth it in my opinion. That's true, but you only see it afterwards during the whole process. I remember like the Kretzelfest that we did, like a, a neighbor that I usually don't talk with came up to me and said, you know, that today you put magic on our street. And yeah, it was such a awesome. nice thing yeah, to yeah, hear. Yeah. And it was really something that I needed to hear at yeah, the of time. Course, because, yeah. Of course. Uh, I went, I don't know how many hours I spent at the police just, you know, negotiating bureaucracy <laughs> shit. And I do not like to go to the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much. But they like it when you come to them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. this, I think it's, in general, I think what's important is people to go out and do shit, no matter if it's art, like if it's drawing, if it's painting, if it's music, I think... Just be creative. Be creative, do it on your own. Yeah. And don't let the state push you down. <laughs> <laughs> Did you grow up in Vienna? No, I grew up in a village in, in Salzburg. Oh, okay. And when did you move to Vienna? I moved to Vienna in 2008 uh, to study okay. and to be close to the arena because I really like the arena. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really unique uh, venue. Yeah, it it's is. really, really awesome. I remember, I think the Bouncing Souls did, like, the, they played their records also and they did a run in Vienna, for instance. Oh, okay. As one of two European cities, they did it in Vienna. They played five nights in a row at the wow, arena. Wow, crazy. Yeah really really nice it's uh, yeah there's those places i think and i hope in the future we'll see more squatted places again mm -hmm. because people get poorer and yeah. um those are the places in my opinion that create the most output like creative output mm -hmm. i really like the ikaha for instance in the 10th mm -hmm. district i don't know if you've ever been it's like a, it, it used to be a squatted place but it provides a certain kind of freedom that it's hard to get um, in other places in Vienna. I, I, I mean, I've been talking about Greece now uh, quite a lot, but also like a, a year ago or something, or two years ago, I went to Athens to meet also with Bangies and with my friends in Greece to record a live session. And the first day I arrived from the airport and they said, yeah, there's this party in fuck, I don't, uh, near Monasteraki. I don't remember the exact area. But they said, come by, mm -hmm. Mitsos is DJing and so, and Nikita is, is spray painting. And I went there and it was like an old place. And in the front of it, they did graffiti. That's awesome. Just on, without license, but they, you know, they did yeah. graffiti. Nobody stopped them. They put speakers on mm -hmm. the rooftop of the, the building. Mm -hmm. nice. Mitsos started playing and, 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 and DJing. And within let's say half an hour the street was full with people dancing nice people came up to brought like this cardboard thing and started doing break dance nice. battles it was incredible <laughs> you know something that happened so organically yeah and i felt like in, in new york in the fucking 70s yeah, all of yeah. a sudden and it this is not something that can happen mm -hmm. in in vienna yeah yeah because people are opposed to it culturally, I think it's just not the you know the southern mentality. Yeah. But also the state puts a lot of I don't know how the, the steps for you to 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 carry out those activities. Yeah, yeah. Where you need barrier-free opportunities in mm -hmm, a way. Mm -hmm. 
So that's something that I would really like to to happen more in Vienna without having it be sponsored by an energy drink yeah, or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. <clears throat> Did you uh, do you still have family in the valley? Was it? Yeah, I yeah. have. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any family here in Vienna? Uh, no. Okay. No. I, my my sister is uh, lives here now, but she's in Norway at the moment. Oh, okay. But she moved here also. Oh, okay. The villages, the villages became too small for her. And I think my little brother is at some point also moving here once he finishes finishes school. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's very much into um, into spray paint. Oh, okay. Yes, very much. Yeah, I think. I've It's the first time I met you on the canal. Uh, yeah, with we little brother. Exactly, right, we met yeah. together, <laughs> and it's been uh, quite a journey for him also cool. since then. He, yeah, it's and that's what I mean by he's been following it. Then he's still yeah to, a oh, lot. Nice. Like, that's all he does. That's cool. That's Painting awesome. and uh, sketching, and yeah, it's, it's it's crazy to see. Like I remember when when we did this workshop, like a graffiti workshop together, and he was kind of thrown aback with like uh, other you know the others do it so much better than I do mm, and so on yeah. and I told him like the you know the Zen thing that 10,000 you have to work 10,000 yeah, hours yeah. to master something mm -hmm. and he really took it to heart and since then he's been just constantly painting and drawing and yeah, evolving his characters I'm, I'm very proud of him that's it's awesome. really really cool to watch a little worried also <laughs> <laughs> he's got to go through it man. yeah just exactly. like all of us did yeah but do you have any other musicians in the family uh, no not i mean it's a family of singers but no no real real musicians no okay i'm from a teacher family okay i'm from a teacher family yeah. same as my wife yeah yeah both her mom and dad were teachers her brother's a teacher now my wife's a teacher Yeah. I, I, they somehow got me into teaching. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? It's like a contagious thing. Uh, yeah. But they were singing in school, or was it like more... No, it's just uh, I, I grew up around music all the time. Oh, okay. my, I mean, my mom plays a few instruments. My grandfather played oh, okay. a few instruments also. But nothing, you know, they, I was never forced to go to music school or something, mm -hmm. which they should have forced yeah. me. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, it, it's just, uh, I think music is something that came very natural to me and that I've always loved and is my main inspiration still. Yeah. Language and music. Yeah. yeah. And also drawing. Like the, I think the aspect that calms me the most is drawing, sitting, mm -hmm. listening to something and yeah losing myself in any drawing that i make yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's it's cause so personal it's more of like um just like singing i guess and and writing lyrics it's getting it's emptying your brain out you know it's yeah. like and you need to take time for yourself to empty out your head because if not then it just all sits in there and fucking gets rotten and <laughs> yeah that's a very good point like uh, a valve in a way to 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 release it, yeah. to release it. Yeah. I started doing a little journaling also. There's a book by a, also a comic author. I don't remember his name, but I think the, the book is called Your Mind is a Houseboat or something mm. like this. And yeah. it's really, really cool. It has some very nice illustrations in it mm -hmm. done by the author himself. And he's just talking about steps, how to, uh, steps to mental clarity. I see. 
I can only recommend it. It's really, really nice. Mm -hmm. And one of, the, I think the first steps that one of the first steps that is described is start journaling mm -hmm. until nothing is in there anymore mm -hmm. because we keep juggling with those thoughts. Yeah. Uh, what, and they just occupy space that could be used differently or yeah. maybe is not used at all for a while, which is also fine. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the, I, I, another reference from the book that I really, really liked and that helped me with my own anxiety and, the, you know, self doubt and everything is, um, the first thing that we have to realize about our brain and about our thoughts is that our thoughts don't necessarily mean that they are the truth. Um, okay. because you know, when somebody says you've done well, mm -hmm. the hundred people tell you you've done well. Yeah. And the only pe person that tells you that you sucked is yourself. Yeah. And you maybe should start, stop listening to the inner voice and kind of start listening to other people a little bit more. That's interesting. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that, honestly. So you also just brought that, <laughs> just dropped that shit on me. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's, there is so many times where people will tell you like, Oh, this is really nice. This is really good what you did, and it's like, yeah. But then yourself, you're like, but it's yeah. not. It's not, it could be better. It could be better. But I don't. I wouldn't want that voice to go away, though. You know. I mean, I think there's a difference between self criticism and mm. uh, just beating yourself like up ha harming yourself with yeah. with self doubt because. Obviously, it's good to be critical, mm -hmm. but after a show, for instance, and I've had this a lot, that people approached me and said, man, nice show. And I say, yeah, thanks, but I think, you know, we, mm -hmm. we kind of sucked today or I forgot, uh, like, or mm -hmm. mixed up lyrics at some point or something like this. Mm -hmm. And it's even destroying the intention of the person approaching yeah, you yeah, because yeah. the person wants to say something nice. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the person has not thought about your own criticism. Yeah. And... Sometimes it's just nicer to acknowledge that yeah. people liked what you do. And most of the time it's something that, that only you are really seeing. But you exactly. sometimes think that everybody sees it. I know exactly. when I when I started to do street art, it was also, and still today, it's like if I do a big mural somewhere and I walk away from it, I'm like, fuck. And I look at the photo later, I'm like, fuck, I, I should have like did this hand differently, this position, yeah. or maybe this color doesn't, oh, fuck, you know. And it's like, but it's just me. You know, and then when somebody says, "Ah, oh, it came out really cool," I was like, "Yeah, but this uh, maybe I go back tomorrow." And <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like, but nobody else sees it but yourself. You know, it's like, but that's that person inside of you that's always looking for, like, not perfection, but just to be satisfied. A you know? Perfection in a way, and it's nice to have it, but I think at some point we're and it goes back to also what I said with mixing something dead mm -hmm. uh, we have to see it as part of the journey that we are yeah. on anyway and it is, we, yeah. it's not going to be the last piece that you drew or painted and it's Hopefully, not going yeah. to be ideally and it's not <laughs> going to be the last thing that I created yeah. so or the last show that I've played so maybe it wasn't perfect mm -hmm. and I think we'll never reach the point where we where we are completely satisfied or that would be kind of a bummer also yeah, to yeah. say like okay I can lean back now my yeah. work is done yeah I think you need the the chip chip on your shoulder and the, the drive to continue anyway yeah that's true and so to me personally I think we should acknowledge our our steps on our journey yeah rather than diminishing them and saying well I, I haven't taken another step Mm -hmm. But you can't skip those steps in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it makes sense. So, or a, a while ago, we our PR manager also texted us and said the reception of the the songs we released is not as I mean, it was a good reception, but it was not wi as widely recognized as we wanted it to be. Okay, and it also made me doubt. You know, are we on the say? Are we on the correct path? Mm -hmm. Are we? Is this something? Are we doing something that people actually like? Mm -hmm. And it made me also reflect again on how important it is to create something that you like, that yeah. you are happy with. Of course, that's a, the constant struggle, right? Yeah, but in particular, like. I've always enjoyed your music and like I've, um, even though I'm German is not my first language, yeah. obviously, but, um, it's not just the language, you know, it's the energy, it's, yeah. it's everything. Um, since we first met when you had me do this mural on, on the canal, yeah, this is super cool for the music video. The new song, I feel like I could, this should be on the radio and I don't understand why it's not. So is there, is there, and I don't know this world, so like. How does how do we get this song on the radio? I mean, it usually needs something. The artist needs something uh, outstanding, like an event or something. You mm -hmm. need to go viral in a way. Mm -hmm. That's how it works now. Now I think a lot of it is on TikTok. You have, you know, people presenting choruses, and if it catches on yeah. with the audience, then the song is written. But that's not you know that's not how I want to write yeah, songs. Yeah, it's not the that's main not the, no, it's not no, the main goal. No, obviously. no, no. Um, or you just spend a shitload on on marketing, and mm -hmm. that's also not what I can do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you have to kind of hit the nerve of what people want to hear at mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't work without marketing. Usually, you need also if you have a label like Universal or Warner or whatever, they do all that for you. They do yeah. this for you, mm -hmm. and you know those. I, I, there's not really magazines anymore, but like people on front pages mm -hmm. of magazines or, or, or websites, they're not there yeah. by accident. They're yeah, yeah. placed there because... Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the company is trying yeah. to sell their new product. Yeah, it's m much more of a, of a business that anybody would probably hope it is, yeah, but yeah. it's just... Uh, yeah underground music is underground because it doesn't make compromise in mm -hmm. certain extent mm -hmm. yeah i mean i have a, i have friends in a band who were doing a reggae project and universal approached them and said uh, really we really like what you do mm -hmm. um, we want you to create a, an album for us but it mustn't be a reggae so must, they mustn't be a record or a reggae? it mustn't be reggae Okay. So they said uh, you can like stay lyrically, yeah. stay on the same path, but you know they're taking away something yeah, yeah, yeah. of your intention how Let's something see. has yeah. to be created, yeah. and then it's hard to say I'm not doing this if there might be you know life changing a life changing deal behind it. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to to balance this. For me, it's easier because I have income. Yeah, that's not it's not your main income. Yeah. No, no. So for me, I can easily focus on doing what I want. Have you thought about just uh, just kicking the regular job and just going straight for this 100%? Uh, it was more with the punk band because we were on the edge of, of being able to do so. Yeah. Um, now I'm quite comfortable. If if there's like if there's a hit or if we have a hit that allows us to s 
strictly live off of it, off mm -hmm. of it then I would probably do it. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to. I, I really like my yeah. real job as well, yeah, yeah. like my regular job. And I would probably still want to do a mixture of it. Yeah, yeah. Similar. Maybe more of more focus on the creative output. Mm -hmm. Working half what I work now, yeah. for instance. That would be probably the, the nicest solution for me. Yeah. To make a difference in different regards. But yeah, I, I, I think I'm really proud of the, the outcome that we created now. I'm, I really like what we did. To go back to what I, I said, like it made me question, like mm -hmm. the, the message of the PR manager made me question, what I, what are we doing here? And, yeah. and then, I, but it also made me, gave me, provided me the answer saying, okay, this, we do it our way yeah. and we do it without any compromises and if people like it if it catches a greater a wider audience than it does now then it's awesome it's awesome and if it does not it's still something that is very very valuable exactly. for myself it's the journey yeah that you, yeah. That you went yeah. on yeah 100 percent. is there anything coming up that you want to push or promote at the moment i want to do some more shows like promote shows in the future uh, it would be really nice if there would be more focus on, you know, bands and acts with women in them and mm -hmm. with people of color, with uh, trans people also. So I'm going to name a bunch of acts that should be, uh, in my opinion, should be listened to, which is, Please for do. instance, Wise, Kerosene 95, Curb, Bates, um, goddamn... Those, this came too too fast now for me. Um, uh, Petrol Girls is also a band that I really, really like. Lucid Kid, Gazette and the Bear. And there's also just, I think, one aspect that we have to learn as a, as a community is to kind of evolve together and to support local businesses, support mm -hmm. local artists. Mm -hmm. There's uh, a brand called Kids of the Diaspora, for instance, who does really, really great merchandise or like like has has a great brand that is run by um, people of color, for instance, who have a great message to convey. There's Hudon Stiel, which is like friends of mine who who grow mushrooms in basements out okay. of coffee seeds, <laughs> which is also great. Um, yeah, I think we should just support each, uh, each other. I want to shout out the NF MFG uh, graffiti crew. Mm -hmm. I still think they should change the name because it's, I think, a lot of people mix it up with the goddamn crazy conspiracy theories. <laughs> but I want to shout out them yeah. and support art, please. Where can people find your music? On the internet. You know it. I've heard of the internet. <laughs> Is that like uh, with spiders or something? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> no. Um, it's you can find it on all the streaming platforms. You can, if you really want to support us, uh, then buy it on Bandcamp cool. because they still take uh, a portion of the sales. But you know, buying it still, I think. I don't even remember how much a, a stream is, but it's just ridiculously small amount of, of money that you get. Okay. So they could just go to Bandcamp and type in um, Shakespeare. Philium Shakespeare, yeah. Shakespeare. You can type in Philium Shakespeare. 
on the internet in general and you'll yeah, find yeah, photos of me problem. looking stupid <laughs> and, and also <laughs> and my the, music. And the music. Yeah, exactly. Cool, man. And, yeah. And then they, they can find you on Instagram. Yes. Film. I'm very, also on TikTok, TikTok now. Oh, nice. I'm doing the, uh, I'm the old man bringing my game to to TikTok now. Nice. <laughs> what's the, what's your handle on TikTok and Instagram? I think it's everywhere. It's Philium Shakespeare. Okay. I think on Facebook it's Philium dot Shakespeare, but nobody's going to use Facebook <laughs> anymore. Facebook, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, man. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure, man, really. And it's really Thank nice. Thank you very much. Uh, really, thanks for, I think it's been a long time coming since we sat down and talked about it. But it's That's always a pleasure true. to sit down and talk to you, regardless if we're recording or whatever. And I really recommend anybody to to go to one of your shows and see the event live, and and to support by record or go to Bandcamp and download it, or because it's 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 not so often where you have somebody pushing such positivity through their creative process in um, in an awesome way. So it's really nice to see that. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. It's got to be supported, man. Thanks. Cool. So then we'll see you. Nice. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye.